Hi, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with the LeanZone.com podcast. Today, we're going to talk to two uh, construction CPAs on the two things that every construction company needs to do to minimize and hopefully eliminate uh, fraud or theft in their construction business. Let's get started. Q-Ling and Danny, how are you doing today? Good and you? Doing all right. Thank you. Great. So why don't you introduce yourselves, uh, each of you, and then uh, we'll go ahead and get started and talk about uh, the two things every construction company needs to do. Sure. So my name is Danny Nieda, CPA. I'm a tax partner with Leah Nieda, CPA firm uh, based in Miami, Florida, with a uh, construction practice. And I'm here with my partner, audit partner, Q-Ling Lee. And uh, so we understand, you know, we're going to talk about bookkeeper fraud and, and, and things that we can do, uh, you know, in the construction industry, sort of minimize these risks. And I know that you, know, you have a, an actual real life example, something that happened recently in the Keys, and, and we can talk about that. Yeah. So, so there is this small construction company in the Keys, uh, and it's really what prompted today's discussion. Their bookkeeper is alleged to have stolen about $30,000 uh, from the construction company. And the way she did it primarily, not exclusively, but primarily was she would get the, the boss would pre-sign checks and then the uh, bookkeeper would take those checks uh, and endorse them herself uh, or make them out to herself and, and just cash those checks to the tune of about 30 grand, which is a lot of money. Um, so what are the two things that a construction company can do at a minimum to minimize this from happening? Okay. So I would say that the first thing you see that this would have not happened if the company would have a good internal controls in place. So, um, what, what, are, what does that mean? What, for, what are internal? Controls? Right. For example, like signing a, you know, signing, uh, checks before you know being completed that's that you should that should not happen so you should have policies and procedures in place that you only sign the checks when you when you have an invoice in front of you when is approved by a project manager when you know what the expense is for so that should really not happen so um internal controls um another example of internal controls would be segregation of duties you should have a particular employee performing a particular function. So, for example, the person that um, enters the receive or that prints the check should not be the same person reconciling the bank statement. Um, but, that, but, but, Q-Link, that so I get that on kind of the bigger scale, right? Even a, a, a medium size to large business, they can do that. What are some of the smaller uh, or, or what are some of the steps that a smaller construction company can do um, on the internal control side and let's assume that it's a construction company with you know a, a half dozen people you know six eight ten people is the is the entire business what what are some of the things that a, uh, that a business owner can do on the internal control side Right. For example, like you're absolutely right. When the company is too small, usually that company has only a bookkeeper person. So that person is, you know, completing pay application, sending it to the client, 
also printing all the checks, paying all the subcontracts, and also reconciling the bank statement. In this case, the owner has, you have to have owner involvement. Um, he needs to, he needs to go in and, and, and basically check that this is happening. Like, you know, how is it happening? Like he needs to, um, do random, random, um, let's say like random checks. He needs to go into his bank account and look into a particular expense or a particular check that was written and check the cancel checks. So, so this is this is a, I guess our second point, right? Which that's is right. The so the supervision, oversight, supervision, owner involvement, right. trust but verify, right? Pretty much, you you know, in this case, the, there's no resources. The company doesn't have enough resources to do segregation of duties. So there's nothing that you that you can do, but the owner has to be hands on. So what are some of the things that an owner can do? You mentioned one, right? Every once in a while, checks and bank uh, statements. Um, what are some of the other things that an owner can can check uh, to make sure that his or her team uh, is acting appropriately? Right. So the other thing that they can do is make sure that when he's about to sign those checks, he have um, a copy of the invoice, you know, that is signed and approved by someone in the field, whether it's a project manager, superintendent, whatever, whoever it is. Um, the owner should also be familiar with the company that, you know, the vendor or that he's signing. He, he should know that, hey, I, yes, this vendor is on site. And yes, I know that this vendor is working for this job. And also if for whatever, in, so in some instances, they might not know the company, so they should verify, they should, they should go look, hey, who is this company? Who is this company? Um, perhaps go on some biz, make sure that this is the actual name of the company, that this is who you're paying, that this is who you agree with. You know, there's a lot of things that they could do. Right. So that that last example you gave is a situation, I guess, would cover a situation where maybe someone in your company is creating a fake invoice that and presenting you with a fake invoice and a check to pay a company that wasn't on the project. Right. So if you could say check the uh, company on Sunbiz and say, yeah. oh, look. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, Sometimes they create fictitious companies, a company that doesn't even exist. And, you know, you can go at least and verify and ask questions, you know. Yeah. Um, that's one of the examples. Right. Um, it seems like uh, if we go back to this example of the um, bookkeeper in the keys that's alleged to have stolen this $30,000, this is probably the most lax in internal controls, right? Signing checks that are not made out. Um, but let's assume that we get past that, right? So we have some some basic level of internal controls. One of the things you mentioned was the idea of, of making sure that multiple people touch the, the information as it comes to you. How important is that? For example, having your project manager uh, or the person in the field verify the the invoice first. How important is that? I think it's extremely important because, for example, at least you have different set of eyes looking at the same information. So, in the field, the project manager is the one who you know who has the relationship with the sub, so knows what is knows what is being performed, knows whether the amount of the invoice is for the work that was actually performed. Um, they can approve that and then it goes to the accounting. The accounting department should never 
pay any invoices that are not approved by that project manager. So it's the second set of eyes now that you have verifying the amounts, verifying that there's a subcontract agreement in place, verifying the schedule of values. Um, see, like, you know, the, the accountant or the bookkeeper in this case would verify as to amount, as to is in, 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 in check with the subcontract, and the project manager will verify as to actual work performed, uh, percentage of completion, whether this is accurate or not. So it's two, basically it's two set of eyes looking at the same thing. And then you right. have- so, so for, for example, so if we talk about that, so if the bookkeeper were to fake an invoice that for a company that wasn't on the job, if that got presented to the project manager, the project manager should say, I don't know who this is. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not approving this. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it still happens, but it's, it's more difficult. I mean, we're not saying that it's not going to happen. It still can happen, but you have to have the, the procedures in place so that it will be more difficult for it to happen. So one of the things that I read about every once in a while is a construction company uh, who uh, uncovers fraud because their bookkeeper went on vacation and then someone came in and started to look at what was happening and identified those issues. So this goes back to one of the things you said about segregation of duties, right? So it it's probably a good idea if you have someone else trained in those bookkeeping tasks so that you, again, have another set of eyes, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, when, you, when the company is small, you have to make sure that different employees within the organization know the same duties because, you know, it's easier to go in and check, that, well, let me see what this person is doing. And the owner should say, from time to time, they should have position rotations where, okay, if, if the person is doing accounts payable, now you're going to do accounts receivable. If the person is entering invoices, you know, like client pay applications, now the person is going to do vendor invoices. So um, I, I think that's extremely important, you know, very, very important because, you know, one person might be more honest than the other. So one say, I don't know what is this? Why is this being paid? How come there's, there's, um, you know, this vendor, we, we pay perhaps this vendor three times a month or versus, you know, it should only be once a month. Why are we paying three times a month? You know, things like that. Any little thing um, can be a red flag. Right. And I guess as, a, as an owner of the business, it's being aware of those potential red flags so that you are not oblivious to them when they happen. So for example, I guess if your bookkeeper never, ever, ever goes on vacation, um, maybe you should be a little worried, right? Definitely, definitely. You wonder why, you know, every employee wants vacation. So you should wonder why that employee is always there and, and never wants to leave. So um, yeah, you, you as the owner, you have to be on top of your business, especially if your business is that small where you don't have enough resources for this. Um, you have to trust and verify. You have to be constantly checking, constantly knowing what's going on. You know, good communication between the accounting department, the field, the estimator, and the project manager, the bookkeeper, the owner. I, I think it's extremely important for these things not to happen. So I guess one of the things that a construction company could do is if they don't have the resources for a permanent employee, 
could they use someone like you to occasionally do the uh, trust but verify for them? So, you know, maybe once or twice a year that, you know, you ask the questions that someone needs to ask to make sure that the invoices are right, someone's looking at who the vendors are, and let's call it spot checking. Right. So there's different types, you know, there's different engagements as, as, an, as a CPA, we can be hired by the company to perform an audit of the financial statement. So while an audit is not designed to detect fraud, we have to assess internal control. So, you know, we interview the employees, we, we go around and do and pull transactions and test the transactions. So in an audit, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's very clear because you can see when the company doesn't have the internal controls and, and then you can produce a letter to the management at the end of that audit. And you can say, well, you lack internal controls. You know, there's, you have an issue with segregation of duties, et cetera. So you pretty much advise the owner what's so going is, on. Is that, is that um, available to a construction company? Can, could I come to you and say, look, I don't need an audit because I don't need bonding. Uh, I'm not doing DOT work. So I, I don't need the, all of that, but can you say, you know, I'd like you to check my internal controls and give me some recommendations without the audit piece. Is that something that's, that you can do? Yes, that's all an agreed upon procedures. Yes, definitely. So that's an agreed upon procedures. I can go in and you can hire me or another CPA to, um, to perform an assessment of your internal controls. We can go in, ask the questions, um, interview the personal, observe how everything is working from the estimating department to the field with the project managers, the superintendent, and then back into the accounting department. And we can see how, you know, the flow of information goes, uh, whether a company use the applications, subcontracts, POs, et cetera. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's, I can definitely help someone, you know, a construction company who assess internal controls and to determine whether the controls, internal controls are effective yeah, that's or a, not. I mean, that's like a, that's like a, a yearly checkup. You go to the doctor to make sure your heart's okay. You know, your cholesterol is fine. Um, it sounds like this is kind of the same thing for your business. Um, definitely. Yeah. And sometimes like um, if the construction company is too small, sometimes they know, they already know that they don't have those internal controls in place. So what I do is I, uh, they can hire me to write those policies and procedures to comply with good internal controls. So I can definitely help them write those policies. You know, and and one, one of the things I find, you know, because in addition to being a construction attorney and hosting a podcast, I actually run, uh, run a business myself, right? So I've got you know, 20 employees here. And sometimes you feel a little overwhelmed, right? Oh my gosh, uh, I'm going to uh, get this list of 30 things that I need to change procedurally. And, you know, I barely have enough time to get through my day with the work that has to get done. You know, one of the things that I find as a business owner uh, that I actually learned from my father who started this business was the idea that just pick one thing. You know, you don't try to get all 30 done at once because then you'll get nothing done. Just pick one item, check it off, figure out how you're going to check it off the list so that tomorrow you're better off than you were today. Um, and then 
commit to do it again. And then a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you'll be much better than where you started uh, because you can look back and say, oh, you know, I've implemented a dozen or two dozen of these 30 items. It took me a while, but at least I, I've gotten them done um, rather than getting overwhelmed. Um, that's uh, something that I have learned the hard way as a business owner. Um, and I'm guessing, you know, if you presented someone your list of all the internal controls, you probably could tell them, you know, here's, here's a list of everything that's my best practices, but these three you really should do right away because they're the most important. And then these three you can do next. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's something that's fair. Um, you can take one one thing at a time. For example, in how we're speaking, maybe we can say, well, I have only two employees, so I'm going to make sure that I'm going to rotate them. I'm going to make sure that this one does accounts payable and this does accounts receivable, so now I'm going to rotate them. And that's important, and that should be something that you should be able to do fairly simple, you know, is cross-training those two employees, even if those are the only two employees. Right. And that even you if have. it takes even if it takes uh, a few months to truly get that in process, but at least you make an effort. And I'm guessing if you've went to go visit this construction company down in the Florida Keys, your first item on the list would be don't sign checks uh, that aren't made out <laughs> to anybody. For sure. That's you know I would say that's I, I, that's not even accounting. That's you know something not to do ever. Don't sign right. blank checks. So let's know? let's end this conversation by talking about software. When you and I last spoke, I was um, I found it very interesting about some of the limitations in QuickBooks that maybe people don't know exist or don't know that are, that are important. So a lot of small businesses use QuickBooks, um, which. Uh, you said is fine, you know, it, it serves its purpose, but that it doesn't have uh, the necessary security features to really be robust enough to minimize fraud. Can you can you give us an example of of, of what that issue is and what you see right. when you deal with people that have QuickBooks? Right. So while well, QuickBooks have gotten better throughout the years, um, still it's not there in my opinion once you you know you have more than two individuals to you know working in quickbooks i think you need to change uh quickbooks doesn't have a good outer trail i mean it has some sort of an outer trail but that's something that can be turned off for example you can delete you can just delete an invoice you can delete your transactions and nobody will ever find out unless the outer trail is on the outer trail is very easily turned off just by knowing the admin password going in and say, okay, do not track any transactions, and then that's it. Um, QuickBooks doesn't have, while it has some limitations you can have, let's say the owner is the administrator, and then you have different, you set up different users within QuickBooks. That works a little bit better, but you cannot really limit on a transaction by transaction. So you might limit that person from going into payroll, but you're not able to limit that person to just, you know, you're able to see, view, and input transactions in accounts payroll, but you're not able to say that person can just not delete transactions. It's all or nothing. So it doesn't have a very good, you know, in my opinion, a good um, um, user setup where it can limit certain, you know, the ability to do certain 
um, so, certain things. So, if if, so if, if I'm a small construction company and I recognize that I have this risk um, and I've decided to implement some internal controls um, and I'm, I'm doing what I can to trust but verify with oversight, right? The two main components of what we've talked about. Uh, what is the right. next? And now I look at QuickBooks and say, you know, it it's okay. It's doing the job, but it is it is a weak link in my process. What are some of the other software programs that exist um, that someone could consider that you have found to be useful and, and helpful? Right, so you have master builders, that's um, a stage product. Uh, you have foundations, there's computers, there's different types of software. The problem with this software, and it's, I wouldn't say a problem, the challenge sometimes for the small contractor is the price. You know, QuickBooks, you know, you can buy QuickBooks for a couple hundred of dollars, maybe five, six, seven hundred dollars. And then the next software is a little bit priced. It's very hard to find the next level of, it's, it's, I haven't found a software that goes $2,000 for the small contractor. So the next level is probably $6,000, dollars to $6,000. And it all depends on how many users you have. So obviously, the more users you have, the more you're going to spend. So it's, it's challenging to find the next software, but I do believe that it's a good investment because the, at the end of the day, you want a, a software that fully integrates your three main departments, which is estimating, project management and accounting. So those three those three departments should talk to each other, you know, on a regular basis. And I think that a, a good software should help you with this. It, I, I agree. It's 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 definitely a big step up, right? So if I'm gonna spend five hundred dollars for QuickBooks and to think that my next the next step up is ten times more expensive, um, it's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Uh, but if plus by the way, I'm I'm guessing you're gonna pay setup fees, licensing, uh, maintenance. I mean, so it's a continuing expense, but I don't, I, it is. do you, do you see contractors? Um, let me ask the question differently. I'm going to guess the more successful contractors that you help have migrated beyond QuickBooks. Is that, is that a fair statement? Yes. That is a true statement. So, yes. Not that QuickBooks holds you back, but the more successful contractors have upgraded their software to do more. Yes, usually, yes. As the contractor grows and as the contractor spends his business, have more personnel, they tend to change software. They tend to change so, from QuickBooks. Um, all of this has been tremendously helpful. Uh, how, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do it? Yeah, so you know you can learn more about our firm at, at our website leonidacpa.com, and you know feel free to reach out to to me. Uh, my email address is dnieda at leonidacpa.com, or feel free to give us a call the old fashioned way. Uh, our office is 305-420-6100. and we'd be glad to um, you know speak to you and, and learn. I how really we can help. appreciate you guys taking the time and educating our audience on. Uh, how to minimize fraud in their business. Um, I'm sure, well, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I hope folks that are listening don't wait until something happens to do to make a change, but they recognize the risk and they, and they start implementing some of the things we talked about. 
Um, so thanks everybody. Okay. Thanks for, for Thank your time you. and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for having Thank us. You.